Life Audio. The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? ready. All right. Well, I'm excited about this uh, Saturday show. Um, I have one of my friends in studio, Trent Douglas from Calvary Chapel, Saving Grace in Yorba Linda. Um, I met, man, I met you a year ago down in uh, Peru yeah. at a missions conference, Calvary Chapel Trujillo. And it was awesome because it was a church planting um, conference and about evangelism. And I heard you teach and a lo- amazing um, just content that you produced in that conference. And then we became friends. Yeah. And you're in Orange County, so you're yep. down here with us. Yep. And we became friends, and now here we are finally in studio. Yeah, awesome. And so thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. So really quick, uh, a little personal thing. So how's your son doing? Yeah, uh, my, my youngest. Yeah, your youngest. The you the, yeah, the, I only know your youngest. The long hair. Long hair, he don't just, care. He just got engaged. Yep. And uh, he's going on a vision tour to Indonesia, uh, praying about moving there. Uh, so this February, he'll be going either on a vision tour with his fiance. And then they're getting married in June. Oh, so she's going to go? Oh, yeah. She, you, you know, she's, she she's a missionary kid. She, she grew up on the mission field. She's trilingual. She's an amazing girl. Really? Yes, yeah, Calvary Chapel missionary kid. Wow. First time here to the States was when she came to go to college. Like, Re- to live. I mean, she come on yeah. furlough and stuff uh, as a kid. But, yeah. He's gone. Oh, he, gone they're, they're on fire. That's yeah, what's up. They're awesome. Well, you be, I'm sure you uh, influenced them a lot because you plant a lot of um, different... Uh, Calvary Chapel Bible Institutes, CBIs, yep. in all yep. different parts of the United or the world. Yes. What, what what's that number count now that you guys have been? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, we've got like so our churches. You know, we're in Yorba Linda, so we're yep. not not far um, here from your dad's church, and uh, you know, so we've been there for twenty eight years. Mm-hmm. So in that twenty eight years, we've we've planted over one hundred international Calvary chapels. That's amazing. So just like outside of the U.S. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just God's grace. And our church isn't big. It's nothing Mm -hmm. like here. I mean, it's, we're maybe like 250, 300 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just been, you know, you just plug away. I mean, you just take the next step. Yeah. And and it it comes with a a vision that, you know, Mm -hmm. God gave us uh, very early on. And uh, so it's, it's just amazing to see, you know, what God's doing. So um, yeah, the, the Calvary Bible Institutes mm-hmm. are um, one of the things that uh, God has really uh, given to us. Uh, of course, we used to do the Calvary Chapel Bible Schools, yeah. and then they kind of, you know, have now, we've kind of just renamed them. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have five right now in uh, what I call the, what we call the 1040 window, you mm-hmm. know, countries that we wouldn't. You know, sages for security, but South yeah. Asia is the, the term we'd use. Right. So we have four of them in one country, another in an, another um, country there in South Asia. And, yeah, they're they're just, you know, they're connected to a church. That's really important. Yep. You know, because the guy's getting trained and the gal's getting trained in them. They're getting trained in the Word, but they're also serving. Mm-hmm. And they're understanding what church planting is. And they're all in there praying about, okay, mm-hmm. how do we now go plant uh, you know, from ch- there. churches from there. And it's important because I just got back from the Philippines mm-hmm. and we were in an island that had no church. And uh, we were in Tagatai, but then, wow. I don't know, we drove out, like down, we went down the hill because Tagatai is on the top of the mountain. We went down into the sea and then we had to take a boat across the sea into some island. Right. And it had no church there. Wow. Yeah, and, I'll be there in, in um, February teaching at the CBI there. 
Well, there's a yeah. church out there. You got to ask Tony about that one. Yeah, I'm going to because I'm going to be pumping them up about church planting. Yeah, of course. exactly. And it's, it's, so, it's so important, and, and it's amazing to see what you've been doing. And, um, again, I, I just resonate with you because, you know, I, I love evangelism. I love yeah. – um, I love friends that are church planners because I'm always like, let's go reach them. But you need like the church planners and you need yeah. the people that are going to come alongside to, to do the work when you're gone. Cause you know, evangelism it's it's, it's going from town to town, village to village, right. but you need those people that have that call and it's two different calls really. Right. right. It's, it's two different calls. There's the guys that go out and, 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 and trailblaze and, and can, God could use them in a, in a, in a quick way to just a boom, just to get people to receive yep. Christ. But that's just one little part of it. The the part is them getting plugged into a church, getting discipled, exactly. knowing the word, and then finding the call that God's put on their life, how they're going to be used, which is a major part. Just like you got discipled and I got discipled, but your life always wasn't a pastor. You're the senior pastor of that church. Yep. Um, you actually had quite of a colorful past like myself um, growing up in the, uh, what, what year did you grow up? In, what year were you in high school? Yeah, in the eighties. So you're an eighties kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's when I was in high school in the the later eighties. Nice. Yeah. So how? So what was it like growing up? And I mean, were you a Christian growing up? Well, I I I um well, I was raised in the church. Okay. Um, and when I was about twelve years old, my dad had committed adultery, and uh, he left our family for for another woman. Now I grew up thinking my dad was a strong Christian. Uh, he was involved in the church, you know. He's a usher at the church. All of my parents' friends were like from the church, you know. Yeah, like you think of home groups and stuff, you know. Yeah. We did those, and uh, and so that rocked my world. And um, and I can only imagine. You know, so wait, how old were you when this? Like ha- twelve, thirteen. I was just graduating, Dang. like sixth grade, you know. And at that time, um, you know, um, you then high, the junior high was seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. So that just. I just spiraled down. You know, my dad was gone. Who's in authority? Whatever. I'm mad. I'm disoriented at God. Yep. At the church. Yeah. Who, you know, what kind of Christian is this? What is Christianity? Yep. And, you know, I met a friend and, you know, he started, his sister was smoking marijuana and, you know, she like smoked it in front of us. And he's like, hey, like, you know, Trent's like a goody goody. Don't do that. And then I'm like, you know, I'm cool. I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. Whatever. And then, you know, Within a month, I'm smoking marijuana. By the time I go, so that's like the summer between sixth grade, which mm-hmm. is elementary school, right? Seventh and grade. seventh grade into junior high, I went to Yorba Linda Junior High, and um, you know, I I'd already dropped LSD by the time I went into junior high. In junior high, yeah. I mean, it was so it LSD was, was around in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. It was, was it big? Yeah, it was. Big, I thought it was. Yeah. I always think the eighties was like cocaine days or something. Well, there was cocaine, <laughs> crystal meth. And Crystal L- meth was oh, around yeah, back was, then too. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, really. Yeah, I don't even know the names of all the new drugs these days. <laughs> but um, our our drugs of choice was, of course, marijuana. Yeah, um, hash. Okay. You know, uh, LSD, mm-hmm. and and then you know, speed from from cocaine to yeah to you know just crank. Wow. You know just and and you know so so I spiraled down mm-hmm. and it wasn't long. I mean I was. I was dealing drugs. I had a marijuana little farm in a tree in my backyard. Like I had these huge, giant um, eucalyptus trees, you know, a couple hundred feet high. Yeah, yeah. About 50 feet up. I cut out a no platform. Way. No one could see it from the ground. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. I had this platform. I had all these these 
these plants, you know, it's growing all the good, you know, Dang. the good stuff. Um, and uh, <laughs> never heard that one before. Yeah, dude. And um, actually, my neighbor um, narked me off. She was, you know, a lady my mom's age, yeah. but she smoked pot. And I used to steal marijuana from her house. And what's she going to do? Call the cops on me, right? Right. So I would just take a little, right? I wouldn't yeah. take her whole stash. But she had a, you know, yeah. a, a nice size amount. Mm-hmm. So I'd just take a little. And so she's like, how can I get this guy back? So she figured out what I was doing. And she called, told my mom. My mom called the cops. Your mom yeah. called the cops oh, yeah. on you? For sure. She'd doing anything to try to save my life. That's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it, you know, it's just... It was crazy because I was, you know, at one point there, I was like the drug dealer of, of Yorba Linda. Yorba right. Linda at that time wasn't, it was big, but not, not like it is today. And yeah, I, I mean, I supplied the drugs for basically everyone. I mean, you know, I was dealing, you know, LSD, of course, marijuana, yeah. crystal, crystal meth and cocaine. Like, really? A little bit of yeah. everything. And, you know, I was just the guy that ruined people's lives. Like yeah. when I think of myself, I would take a guy... And I would, you know, bring them in. Like, I was like a, an evangelist, yep. you know, of, yep. of sin. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you can't just sit there. You got, come on, you know. And I yep. would like, and I look back and just think of, wow, that's just wicked. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, that's that was my testimony. And, of course, throughout all of that time, the Lord was with me. So <laughs> I, I want to kind of retract on how when this happened to you, within the church or with your dad leaving, it, yeah. it splintered everything like relationships, your relationship with God. I mean, I can only imagine like me put myself cause I grew up in a, in a right. Christian family as well. And if something were to happen like that, at that age is such a pivotal age, yeah. 12 going into junior high. I mean, that, that's a very yeah. interesting, it, that's when you need like security and routine and everything mm-hmm. that's going on. And all of a sudden your house is splintered. What was, what was your, how'd you look at the church? Were you ever thinking about going back where you're just like, dude, I'm done. This is fake. God's yeah. fake. Cause how could this happen? My dad was in groups, yeah. usher. Right. It's like what I thought what Christianity was it. Yeah. We were there and all of a sudden it's like the carpet just got pulled out from underneath you, yeah. which I know led you to the drugs and alcohol. Cause you're, totally. you're numbing the pain. Yeah. You know, um, the, the one thing I had is I had an amazing mom. Okay. I mean, you're talking about a godly woman and just a prayer, prayer warrior. You know, in the, because my brother and I, okay, my brother's a year and a half younger than me. We're, we're doing this together. So right. I have, I have, I'm the middle child, my younger brother, my older sister. My older sister, she was, she was a straight lace. But me and my brother, and you know, my mom, what, she got no control over us. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're sneaking out every night. We're it's jumping out g- the window. Yeah. Well, the mom. I mean, yeah, right. Us. It's the mom. Yeah. And, uh, but my mom would just preach the gospel to me every day. And that really helped uh, me because, of course, I didn't want to have anything to do with it because I wanted to party. You know, my, my view was if, if I gave my life to the Lord, I would lose all fun. Yeah. Life would cease to exist. Yep. So I'm going to party as much as I can, enjoy life. You know, of course, coming with it was you know immorality tons of that and, yeah you know and my i mean my brother had a one foot mohawk mm-hmm. uh he was a total punk rocker uh you know i was just a long hair like dirt bag drug mm-hmm. dealer mm-hmm. what are you uh, trying to say bro yeah sorry bro. <laughs> no for those of you that don't know but yeah, my son has longer hair than you now <laughs> no, but, exactly. and i did too actually <laughs> yeah. um uh so you know it was just so were, were, so were you 
Were you? Uh, what music did you listen to? Because you're, you're long hair, yeah, 80s. So more, more, more like um, rock, you know, rock stuff. Yeah, like you know, because your brother, your brother's a punk. Yeah, no, I was not into punk yeah. rock. I was like, whatever with that. You know, Classic like rock? Led Zeppelin, oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. you know, yeah. but like Iron Maiden yeah. and, you know, what they called Hessians. Exactly. You know, okay. I, yeah, I was like, you know, just into all that kind of stuff. Van Halen, you know, yep. this all that stuff back in the day. Um, and, you know, hallucinogenic. So I actually was kind of like, a, 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 you know, heavy metaler slash hippie. Yeah. If you could do that it's it's a thing and uh, we go to the dead show so that's where i get a lot of my drugs mm-hmm. i get sheets of lsd there and you know come back and make some money off them and um you know so interesting after i got saved you know mm-hmm. fast forward a little bit well how uh, did you get saved <laughs> well so um yeah so to your question though yeah my world was rocked yeah my mom was was awesome the holy spirit was convicting me all the time like, I knew I need to get right with God. That's yeah. why it was like, no, but not yet, because I want to have fun. Yeah. Um, they actually called me the preacher, my friends, my druggy friends. Really? And the reason why we get wasted, like, we're tripping on LSD, and uh, they're like, and I'm like, you know, they're saying, like, Jesus Christ, like, using his name in right. vain. And I'm like, guys, why do you got to do that? What did Jesus ever do you? And I just start, like, <laughs> preaching the gospel. I'm like, dude, we all need to get saved. We all need to get right with God, you know? Uh, I'd be telling them that. I, I know I'm a hypocrite, you know? But, like, we need to get right with God. No. Yeah, totally. And eventually it's like, and they're like, Trent, you're bombing our trip. Get rid of Trent. You know, yeah. like, because I was. I just, you know, and the Lord would speak to me. Sometimes I feel like clearer then than he does now right like just and you know it rhymes trent repent right. yeah <laughs> so it was just this he he just really uh convicted me so i was always in that place of, of you were battling between battling. god trying to gra- get a hold of you yeah. and then but then the world yeah i mean i remember smoking pot in my you know like little med- metal shed right where you yeah. put your lawnmower so i'm back there I'm a, I'm a total loner too yeah like so i'm just back there smoking pot and the lord says trent when are you going to repent? You know, I've called you by by my name. Well, quite, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But the, the, and I would have these conversations with God, mm-hmm. not thinking I'm right, not thinking, oh, I'm smoking pot and you're getting closer to God. No, not, not nothing yeah. like that. Like, do I'm in sin. I need to get right. So eventually my brother, he was actually going to marry a skinhead chick, mm-hmm. total skinhead. And uh, they they were engaged and she broke broke up with them. And he was devastated. And so he he was just broken, and he cried out to God. Now, my brother was, like, totally in the same place that I was, and a total womanizer. And, you know, like I said, he had a Harley. He had a, literally had a mohawk. He spiked it up. It was, like, a foot tall, mm-hmm. you know, when we were in high school. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, he'd wear all these ripped jeans and, like, you know, he's just cruising without a shirt on on his Harley and his <laughs> leather moccasins and, you know, and... um and so he he get he gets right with the Lord by himself, really in the front seat of his truck. He gets a Gideon's Bible. He doesn't tell anyone for like a month. So he's just reading through the Bible, reading through the Bible, just seeking the Lord. He doesn't even tell my mom, who's you know preaching the gospel yeah. every day, praying for us. Mm-hmm. And finally, he's like, "Hey, mom, I gave my life to the Lord." You know. So what's your reaction at this? So point? I'm like, "What an idiot." <laughs> Right. So yeah. and, I, and I'm like my personality before Christ transformed me. And it, and it was a process of sanctification after salvation, yeah. which is really sarcastic, mm-hmm. really rude, you know, just kind of ripping, cutting. And so I just go at him, 
you know. And then so he starts dating this girl that we grew up with at church. She's backslidden. So she's thinking we're going to hook up. I'm going to hook up with, with, you know, Rob. Uh, and um, and uh, so he, like, he whips out the Bible. They go to the beach, right? Like their first, quote, little date. Yeah. They go to the beach, and um, he whips out the Bible and starts reading it. She's, She's like, like, no, what? what? Exactly. <laughs> what? And she gets she gets saved. No way. Yeah, she comes back to the Lord. Now, our parents were friends. They were in those small so groups yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, so she gets saved, and so she starts working on me. Now, her and I had like a, a – like we dated in junior high. Mm-hmm. Like there's just all this stuff. Right? Yeah. So um, she gets saved. She starts working on me. She's like, why are you such a jerk to your brother? You, try, you need Christ. You need to get saved. You need to repent. And so they started working on me. And so my brother starts this Bible study. And it's at Denny's and they have it there. And, you know, I think I shared this in another episode before. So, um, but, you know. Um, no, we didn't it, hear about the Denny's. Yeah, it was like in this, it was in the smoking section. I, no, we, okay. didn't hear, we didn't hear this. Okay, so um, we're in the smoking that, section. They used to have smoking in Denny's. Right, the, in every restaurant back Dude, in those days. Dude, that's right. The smoking section and the, <laughs> On. So yeah, we got to explain that to, to <laughs> yeah, you know, to the listeners. Like there was a smoking section, um, <laughs> and I, you know, the, we're in the giant corner booth. Yeah, and I'm like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those booths that can hold like ten people. Yeah, yeah, right. And I'm stuck in the middle, and they're all smoking now. I don't smoke cigarettes by yeah. this time. I had quit, and I don't, I don't really like the smell. And so yeah. my brother's like, well, how did you like our Bible? I'm like the unsaved guy there. Yeah. These are all the guys that just got saved, but they're still smoking. And by the way, cussing. Yeah. You know, uh, just bleep, the bleep, edges. that's a great verse. You know, yeah. it's like they're reading the Bible. Yeah, they don't even know. Yeah. Because it's not like they all went to church. They just got saved and... So anyways, I'm like, yeah, I'll never come back to your Bible study. So he puts the Bible study at my mom's house out on the deck in the backyard. And I, and I go, and, um, and that night I came off of that deck, which my bedroom was right there, and I came off of that deck, and um, I went into my room, and I got on my knees, and I said, God, I'll give you a week. Wait, before you get into this, what would yeah. you hear that made you? Because well, there's, there's, there's always something. That God speaks to you or something goes on where you're like, you want to get real with him. Well, like, what was... I knew I needed to get right with God. And I had known that for a long time. Yeah. I yeah. just didn't think I could. Right. And now by this time, I had cried out to God. Mm. I was hungover. Mm. I'd cried out to God uh, like a year and a half before this. Mm. And I quit all drugs. So you're sober at this point. I'm sober. I quit drinking. Of course, drinking was a huge part. Yeah. I was a total. That's the gateway. Yeah. I, mean, I call it the gateway. Yeah. I mean, I was probably up to like a 12-pack of beer a day. Like, I was messed up. Yeah. And all the drugs on top of that. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, just partying. Just my whole life was partying. Yeah. Um, and so I was sober, but I couldn't give up sexual immorality. Right. There's just, and I was like, there's no way I can, but I need to get right with God. Mm-hmm. But I can't. Because my mom made it clear, like, you know what it was to be a Christian. You can't just go to church and then go do what you want. And yeah. So um, I got on my knees and I just said, God, if you can, if you can, I'll give you a week. Not I'll try you for a week. I knew he was true. But if you can save me, I don't think you can. Yeah. Like, how am I going to get out of my pornography and yeah. my immorality and my Seems girlfriend? Like an impossibility. And totally. I'm just trapped. Yeah. 
And uh, I always like to say, because it's been about 32 years now, mm-hmm. it's been a long, long week. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord is faithful. Yep. And, um, and the Lord did it. And it's funny because that Bible study. So for people yeah. that are listening, that are in your shoes where you were, yeah. and they're in this moment right now, and they're like, look at, dude, these stupid iPhones, man. Everywhere I look on Twitter and yeah. Instagram and all these different places, I see porn. I'm, I'm hooked on pornography. I can't stop. I got a drug problem. I'm, these issues. Yeah. What did you do that day? You said a prayer. Yeah. God, if you could help me, I'll give you a week. But you, you basically challenge God to just kind of yeah. like reveal himself to you. So yeah. you open your heart to him, right? Yeah. So what was the process? You that, That's basically when you talk to God, you were praying. Yeah. Just so, so people understand yeah. that. Yeah. It's not like, it wasn't like a talk to God. Like when he talked to him or when you talk to him, you're praying to God right. when you talk. So but you it's to, just like talking. It's just talking. To, like I'm talking exactly. to you. Exactly. Right. So you talk to him, but you pray to him. And then what happened at that point? What was the process of seeing like these little bits of transformation in your life when you knew yeah. that there was actually some kind of a supernatural transaction happening in your life or there was like a, a transformation? Yeah, well, the first thing I had to do was give up my worldly friends. Okay. That, I mean, that, there's just no way I'm going to survive. You can't go back to the party and be no. like, I love Jesus because no. you're going to end up partying. Yeah, yeah just- no, the whole idea like, oh, I'm going to go be a witness. Not right now. Yeah. Some dude that struggles with, with pornography, he's not going to a porno shop. Yes. And of course, that's what <laughs> I'm going to be a witness. That's what they had back then. Or some guy <laughs> yeah. that's struggling with drugs. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out at the dealer's house and just be a witness. Exactly. No, you need to get strong with the Lord. You need to get yourself right. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I just surrounded myself with um, believers. Now, praise God at that time for me, there were believers that had come out of where I came out of. Yeah. And so that's I just saturated myself. And then the word of God. And just churned my life around and just sought God. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, I got on my face and just cried out to God. Mm-hmm. I just said, I don't think I can, but I know you're real. Yeah. And if you can, save me. And he did. And he, yeah. uh, born, I was born again. Yeah. My heart was transformed. Not to say I never struggled again. Today still. Yeah. I'd be very, you know, careful with like, I got blocks on my phones. Like, yep. I don't have Twitter because of that very reason. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I have my wife delete my app store. So yeah. I can't be like uploading yeah. apps that I shouldn't be on, and you know? I, I didn't even realize that Twitter was a hotbed for pornography because yes. I never use it. Right. And I was talking to one of my friends. I was like, "Yeah, you know," yeah. I was talking about uh, um, on Instagram. I, ca- I came across uh, um, on I was fo- watching a funny video and something like nasty popped up, and I was like, yeah. "What the heck?" And then uh, and then I was talking to one of my friends, Sean, that's on the show, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I was talking to some other guy that." He's hooked on Twitter. I go, Twitter? Yep. I don't even use Twitter. He's like, yeah. dude, there's all kinds of pornography there. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, any of these channels, yeah. you, my point is you got even after you give your life to Christ, right. you got to watch because the enemy is always working to get you one way or another yeah. through something. Yeah. But, but the power of God right. could come in and he will transform you and change 100%. you. 100%. So when we say deliverance, doesn't mean I ever struggle again. Yeah. In fact, this last Sunday I just taught on you reap what you sow. It's the text we're going through. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, and I've sown a lot into that. And it's just right there. It's just like at your door knocking. So you have to be hardcore seeking God. You know, there's a verse in Romans chapter six, where Paul says in the same way you pursued unrighteousness, now pursue righteousness. righteousness. Well, guys like you and me, yeah. man, we pursued unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Like I it didn't, I didn't wait for it to come to me. Like, I risked Planning. my life for it. I'm, I'm thinking of the <laughs> exactly. alleys I stood to yeah. do drug deals yeah. that 
dude, I could have been shot almost. Yeah. The the things I put myself in or in, I always say if I didn't get saved, I'd be in prison or dead. Yeah. And, totally. you know, it's like pursue God that way. Mm-hmm. And so I went hardcore after God. Yep. You have to. It's all or nothing. Yeah, it is. It, and, it is. And, and surrounding myself around good, a good Christian community. And I want to encourage people that are listening is I think there's there's too many people that I've seen that they start. It's like the parable of the seeds, right? Jesus says there's the parables. There's uh-huh. some that receive the gospel and that it gets crowded out, some that grows and then it dies, and then some that produces the, the, the hundredfold. And um, it's there's a lot of people that start out. They, they know they want God. They give their life to Christ, but they don't pursue uh-huh. full commitment the way they used to fully commit right. to – I was just – uh, to, to the way they used to commit to their old life. I was just right. with this girl this weekend at, at church here on Sunday, and she was pursuing witchcraft, and, and she was doing right. witchcraft and all these other things, and she's involved in all this stuff. And I said, the same way that you would worship you know, Satan and do witchcraft and like um, magic, you do the rituals, right. I said the same way they used to do that, the commitment that you had to actually do right. that, you need to take all that, the way you pursued witchcraft, and then pursue Christ. Yep. Literally, like the same way, because she was into yep. it. Yeah. And that's that goes for anyone that's listening. The same way you're pursuing the things that are not of God, all yes. the energy and time you're putting, put all that into a relationship with God, and that's where you see the power of God. Yeah, absolutely. That's the only way. Because yeah, if not, it's just going to crowd out, right. and you're going to go right back. And how many times? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'd get sober for like two or three days, and then make it through the weekend, and be like, man, it felt like a month. You know, and then I go right back. It's like I could never get set yeah. free. You know, I'm ministering to a guy right now, and I love him to death. He's a young guy, mm-hmm. and he's caught up in, in drugs. And he he knows he needs to get right with yep. God, and he tries. He comes to the church and does stuff. But I said, if you don't give up your friends, it's not going to work. And, you know, just last night I was with him, and, you know, he's just he had a relapse. And, yeah, what, where do you relapse? He was hanging out with his friends, exactly. his old friends. And there's a great community of guys his age. Yeah at our church that he could hang out with, that know him and love him. Yeah. But he chose to, and he's like, you know, his head's hanging down. He's, he, you know, did a bunch of speed. He's all thrashed. You know, he's coming down off it. And I'm talking to him, and he's just broken. Yeah. But, like, not enough to repent. You have to be willing to turn. It's a hard turn. But Jesus Christ is worth it. And he is real. And his power is real. And he can break the chains, and only him can break it. Listen, I quit doing drugs, you know, quote, on my own. But only Christ could break the ultimate chains of sin in my life Mm -hmm. because I still wasn't saved. I was still on my way to hell, Mm -hmm. and I still didn't feel like I could get out. And, you know, I mean, it was my girlfriend uh, that I was dating that her parents were druggies. She said, listen, I'll date you if you quit doing drugs. That's what helped me to get rid of drugs because— Sex was a greater drug for me. Absolutely. You know, and, but unless you're willing to totally repent and turn to the Lord, but when you do, he's the one that's going to do it. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm just crying out. I've got nothing. It's not like I'm strong. Yeah. I got a strong will. No, I yeah. had a terrible will. Yeah. But he's able to, and he did, and he radically transformed me. And he will do it to you guys that are listening. I'm telling you right now, I mean, obviously, we're hearing this t- testimony. I could testify of mine as well of when the enemy has a stronghold on you, you can't truly get set free until you commit your life to Christ. And then there's a lot of people that are in AA in these, these programs and you meet them and you probably met them too. They're like 90 days, two years. And they're counting these days. Once I got saved, 
I, people were like, how long have you been sober? I'm like, sober? I'm like, I, I had right. to count. I didn't think right. about that. Yeah, I got to count it. I, I got to like, um, I, Yeah, I was no. like, wait, what? I had to like think about it, but because God gives you like a new heart, a new mind, and a new purpose. You're thinking about like your future. You're not looking back at your past. Oh, man, it's been 60 days. Oh, it's been 90 days. You're not thinking about your past and, and dwelling in, in, mm-hmm. in, in the past and how long you've been si- uh Sober, you're not because right. you're not even thinking about going back. No, not, and, not and, at all. And just for the record, you will be tempted. I've, I've been sitting in my room after I got saved, and you know, I, I dabbled with heroin, and, and I got into crack a couple times, and see something on TV, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, you know what I mean? And yeah. and all of a sudden, like, you get that like that feeling, or not feeling, but you get that 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 um, recall yeah. of that situation. But then you're like, no, dude, no way. Like, I'm a god, and, I, and not that I had a desire. But you will get tempted, just like sex, yeah. right? Yeah. You, if you come across pornography, mm-hmm. that's gonna or something that's gonna trigger pornography. Maybe just yeah. even a, a, just yeah. a girl in a bathing suit or something. Yeah, exactly. That could trigger pornography. Now, if yeah. you have the power of God in you, you're gonna be like, nope, I'm not going to the porn right. because I'm a Christian now. Right. But if you don't have that power of God in you, you're right. just gonna that's gonna send you into and, a world. And you of, have to decide to do that because you can go right back to that. And that's yep. that's why we need the power of and God. And that's why we need the church and the body and the word of God and all of those things. We're going to get into that right after the break. So I have uh, Trent Douglas in studio from Calvary Chapel Saving Grace over in, where was it again? Your it's Belinda. Your Belinda. Your <laughs> Belinda. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to be back in two minutes. Go to whosoevers.com. Check us out. We've got a website. We've got product that supports the movement. We're going into the schools, the middle schools, high schools, colleges, universities, and bringing the gospel to students because that is the battleground in the schools where they're getting indoctrinated and they're getting exposed to all this crazy stuff. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Perfect. We are back. I'm excited to have Trent Douglas in studio from Calvary Chapel Saving Grace in Yorba Linda. So if you guys were listening to the first half, uh, 
this is an 80s kid that got uh, grew up in the church, yep. dad in the church, mom yep. in the church, family plugged in, yep. like heavily yeah. plugged into the church. Yeah. And then your dad left the family for another woman, yeah. which is a common story, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but then that splintered. You know, that must have been, made it real hard for you to come to the Lord because now you have a bad taste on God, yeah. church, that whole like situation. Yeah. But then, you know, as God's grace, even though you went to drugs and started becoming the drug dealer in, in your in your city, um, through a process, God got a hold of your brother and then got a hold of you. And now here you are. You ended up getting saved. It's kind of where we where we yeah. left off. Is there anything you want to add to the well, first Well, yeah, half? you know, um, what I didn't share, be back to the father thing, because that's a major issue in our culture, like the father figure, the Absolutely. lack of. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I always do a lot of teaching on the fatherhood of God. Because I think we miss that. I think we focus on Jesus. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and not the fatherhood of God. And what it was is my mom, she, she decided not to get remarried. She had actually 13, um, you know, proposals. From, huh? Yes. My mom, like from, you know, Christian guys and stuff in the church. Damn. Yeah, my mom was like the hot ticket, obviously. <laughs> um, Clearly. You know, uh, and so she decided not to get remarried until we were like out of the, like over 18. Right. Like she tried her hardest to be there and being a single mom, having no money, trying to, it was crazy. Um, And I saw God's hand in that because God provided and answered her prayers even for like food. And so that's what kept me like God's real. But she got remarried when I was 19 and uh, I got saved when I was 21. Okay. Okay. And my stepdad came into my life and he's just a godly man. You know, he's my stepdad, whatever, you know, it's like, it's not like, oh, cool, he's here. Yeah. But, and he was, he's not a real aggressive guy. He's a quiet guy, but he lives it out, you know? So he's not like in my face. My Mm -hmm. mom's kind of more like in my face. Like, you know, you're, you're going to hell, you're, you're in sin, like lovingly, but in my face. She's not letting me get away with it. Well, someone has to say something. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Um, And my mom's like me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Exactly. Totally. So um, I should say I'm like my mom. Um, But that that father figure in my life caused me to rethink. And, uh, And it's what ultimately I would say, you know, got me to come to the Lord. The fatherhood of God transformed me. That's where, like, my insecurities, and I had tons of insecurities. Mm-hmm. And in another episode, I shared about my dyslexia. You know, I can't read. Like, literally, I'm illiterate, and I'm a pastor, and that's a whole other story of how mm-hmm. I actually teach and read the Bible. Mm-hmm. But it's not what most people would think. If you would hear me, you would think he can read. I can't mm-hmm. read. Um, my wife's reading for me all the time. I'm stuck all the time. I can't read menus, street signs, websites, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so it's deep insecurities. I grew up in the in in, school, in public school in in special ed, pro, uh, you yeah. know, school I was uh, there. classes. I mean, I'm I'm with like kids with Down syndrome and stuff, and you know, it's just like I'm getting mocked, right? And I'm trying to be cool. I've got the long hair. I'm the the cool guy, whatever. Um, going to the parties, but you know, deep insecurities. Yeah. How do you deal with those after you come to Christ? It's the fatherhood of God that fills that hole. And understanding he is my father, and he is perfect, and he loves me. And and even how did I forgive my dad? Because that's a big one. You know, mm-hmm. I, and I, I can yeah. say, yeah. I can say I've 100% forg- forgiven my dad. How, how could you do that? Because there's a lot of people that are listening yeah. that have 
father issues yeah. or mother issues of unforgiveness. Yeah. How, how did you actually really do that? Because that's yeah. pretty gnarly yeah. being in that situation you're in. Well, first of all, the Bible tells us to forgive as we've been forgiven. So but let's how just start can, there. It's hard, though. To, I know. Like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And it's easy to tell people, well, you have to forgive. But it's just something inside. Like, how? Because you could say, God, I forgive them. But then when you see them or you hear their name uh -huh. or something, all of a sudden you feel oh, like you're right back at that moment. Speak, it, speak into that. So, so, I mean, the Bible says, you know, forgives you've been forgiven. And I'm thinking about how much I, because it, forget my dad, right? For yeah. a minute. Me and God. Yeah. My father in heaven. Mm -hmm. How much I've sinned against him. Yeah. What I've done. Yeah. So he's forgiven me right. for all that. How could I then be forgiven? Mm -hmm. And not extend that same forgiveness. Yeah. Even when, like, my dad's not necessarily asking me for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. There's people in your life don't even know they've hurt you mm -hmm. to the degree they have. Mm -hmm. And so he's not actually asking me to forgive them. But one of the things that really helped me was he's a sinner. He doesn't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. what, what do I expect from a sinner? What do we as believers expect from the unsaved world? You know, I mean, whether he claims to know Christ or whatever, obviously he's not walking with God. Mm -hmm. So I don't expect anything but failure from them. I'm not looking to my mom, my dad, my wife, my kids, fellow believers to be my example. I'm thankful when they come along. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking to the Lord, the Father in heaven. He loves me. He's my daddy. Like, and again, it's from studying the word. Yeah. And just getting the word in and believing the word. And, you know, I'm able just to go, like, how can I not forgive him? Mm -hmm. You know, for all, he doesn't know. He like, doesn't know. like there's mercy. Yeah. There's compassion. Like, I, I pray for his salvation. Has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. 100%. Has to be. Through the word of God yep. and through some common sense. Yeah. Like, what do we expect? Yeah. You yeah. Know, what, are yeah. Your, what are your kids? Like, I have... I have adult children. Yeah. So what do they expect of me? Yeah. I'm quote this pastor or whatever. I'm yeah. just a sinner. They know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what do they expect from me? Yeah. Hopefully they're looking to Jesus. Yeah. And hopefully I'm doing the right thing. But when I fail, mm -hmm. like we want, we want mercy. Yeah. So grace in, grace out. Yep. But the more I grace like you have in and the more you've recognized how forgiven you are, yeah. the easier it is to forgive. Yes. Yeah, I like how you say that because you start looking at yourself. Yeah. If you're looking at someone else, like look yeah. inwardly, yeah. and you—that's yeah. where you find it. Yeah, you like I've been saved by much. Yeah. And who am I to be judging anyone? Right? Yeah, and my dad and I—we have a decent relationship. I mean, we're, yeah. we're good. I love him. Yeah. I can tell you, I love him. Is he a Christian now? No, yeah. no, he's yeah. on his fourth wife. Fourth. Yep. And so that was the second when he left. Yeah, yeah. I think his second or third. I found out later he had like. A wife before my mom, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And um, so, I, yeah, I watched him do it to another family. You know, yeah. he's with another, the woman he left my mom for, he's with, you know, for several, you know, decade or so, and then her kids, and then he went off with another woman. And it's just like, what, what do I expect? Mm -hmm. He doesn't know the Lord. And it, would I be any better without the Lord? No. No, I was worse. No. I heard your story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, one thing I would say coming back to like uh, being saved, wh what I thought before, because I think people think this, mm -hmm. you know, especially if they're in the party scene or whatever. Yeah. I want to just have fun. Yeah. I wanna, that, was, that was my mentality. Yeah, I, totally. I want to just go have fun, live right. life to the fullest. And I thought becoming a Christian would be boring. 
Yeah, that's totally what I thought. like just, just <laughs> quench. Yep. So I'll do it later. Kill the party. Right. Um, I have never had so much fun in my life. Mm-hmm. The way I explain it now, back in the day, it was before we had like, you know, HD and, you know, all the big screen TVs. I feel sorry for you guys. Yeah. Man. So, I mean, we, we, we had black and white TVs. And then, of course, by the time I got saved, I get saved in the 90s. Yeah. 91, I get saved in. Yeah. So early 90s and. You know, but I'd say it's like from black and white TV, like it's like fuzzy and mm. you can barely see it. Mm. Uh, that's what my life was before Christ. Yeah. Where I am today, you know, it's HD, it's 3D, it's just amazing, you know, Blu-ray, whatever. Yep. The new technology is the yep. most crisp. Like it went from black and white to color 3D. Mm. Like, wow, my eyes were opened. I saw the world differently. God, I've never had so much fun in my life, yeah. Then, then the then since the day I got saved, there ain't no drug that can replace leading someone to Christ. Mm-hmm. There is no drug that can replace leading someone that's never heard the name of Jesus to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads us into kind of where we are today, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in our, in our ministry. You know, I was thinking about this actually this morning when I was driving up here. I, I heard some study. I don't even know who. I don't even remember who was on the radio today this morning Alistair Beggar I don't know someone someone in the early morning K-Wave sessions um, but I was thinking about how life oh, it might have been Gregoria actually um, just thinking about how life without Christ you know things don't ever satisfy you you know even if you have a lot of, of, of even when I wasn't a Christian I had a lot of d- different things but it's what satisfies you in life there, to live life to the fullest is like when you're communicating with God, you're praying, mm-hmm. and He's answering your prayers, and you're communicating, and He's doing things, and you're just seeing God work in your life. It just makes life so exciting. That's yeah. not 4K. Right. It's just it's just so much more enhanced yeah. your life that you're like, why in the heck was I living this life over here when I thought I was having a good right. time? Versus being connected with the one who created you exactly. and has a plan for you, and he's revealing that plan to you as you are praying and communicating with him. He's yeah. communicating with you through the Word of God, and you're literally at divine, having divine appointments, and being in the right place at the right time. And you're like thinking to yourself, like I, I know I'm supposed to be here right now with you, yep. with whoever this is, or in this situation, or God just does something amazing. And it's not like we just serve God because we want stuff. It's just right. he just does awesome stuff. And your life is so enhanced, that 4K that you're talking about. And I was yeah. thinking about that's what it's all about. And people, only if people knew how enhanced their life will be just, yeah. just living. You know, yeah. I'm not saying enhanced like you're going to have Ferraris right. and, yeah. and you live on an island and monkeys and maybe yeah. a, a, a lion if you're like Mike Tyson. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that lion. I'm not saying all that, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I'm saying like your, your life will be so enhanced and you'll be so fulfilled and it's exciting to, yeah. to wake up every day and see what God has for you. Yes. Yes. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And this, is, and, and this is one of the things God, he led me to Calvary Chapel when I first got saved. Right. And I started getting discipled by um, uh, Pastor Steve Burgers. Actually, it was Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar. Okay. Uh, okay. It was over off of, you know, the freeway over here at the high school, Calvary uh, Diamond Bar I, High School. Remember, That's where it started. Yeah, yeah. I think down there yeah, somewhere. So, um, so um, it was actually before your dad moved, yeah. you know, over, yeah. over here. Um, and he taught me, like, intimacy with God. 
And he gave me like A.W. Tozer, like Pursuit of God. Uh-huh. I yeah. think that would be the top book I would, you know, tell anyone to read outside the Bible, like Pursuit of God. It's about just a relationship with the Lord. And that, and again, that fatherhood thing, and that's, you know, and that's what's motivated me, Ryan, to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. How can I hold that which, which I know I have this relation, amazing relationship with the creator of the world, and there are people dying and going to hell, and no one's there to tell them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what the Lord really led me, and I started opening my eyes. Of course, I'm just thinking, you're Belinda. I mean, yeah. I'm a born and raised Yorba Linda kid. I'm yeah. Orange County. I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. a homebody. I don't actually like to travel. Yeah. You know, the last <laughs> thing enough. I'm thinking is going to the ends of the earth. But yeah. convicted by Scripture and moved, right? Paul says, I'm compelled by the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Convicted by Scripture that the gospel must go to the ends of the earth. And I moved by the love. It's not duty. But it's a love that says we have to share the God. People are going to hell and dying. Yeah. Okay, in our own country, they're going to hell. You see it all the time. I've, I've seen the stuff you guys do in the schools. Mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so needed. Um, and this, there's a whole generation just, just dying, right? Yeah. And, and there are Literally yes. dying, taking yes. their lives. Yes, for sure. And, um, and then, like, the Lord opened my eyes to what we call the unreached. Yeah. You know, there's 3 billion people today billion with the B that have never heard the gospel. That isn't, there's 3 billion people that aren't saved. They've there's a lot more. Heard. They've literally never had an opportunity to hear that Jesus Christ came to this earth, died, rose again. He loves them. God sent his only begotten son that whoever believed would not perish, but have everlasting life. And they're still waiting to hear. And the church is not making a focus to reach them. Now, of course, there are some in the church, but yeah. just generally, like, this isn't like... So why, and I don't know if you can answer this question, but maybe you can speak into it a little bit. Why do you think they're not um, making a major focus to, to reach? Well, the first thing I would say, I think it's several layers, and there's yeah. no doubt spiritual warfare. Of um, but the first one is education. They just don't know. I mean, I tell pastors this. They look at me like, what? No way. Come on. Like, let me explain to you what I mean when I say unreached. Like we go, we work in uh, in Asia, and we go up in the foothills of the Himalayas, okay. And there's villages dotted all over, just thousands and thousands, mm. hundreds of thousands of just villages. They're unreached villages. Yeah. So we go in there and say, you know, we go to a village and just go, hey, have have you guys ever heard of Jesus Christ? And th- this is the response: No, he doesn't live here. You should check the next village. I mean, literally, they've never heard even about him. That's insane. You know, I'm not, I mean, like, even in a Catholic country that's totally lost. Yeah. Unfortunately, they've heard the wrong things about yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but they haven't even heard the name of Jesus, and that's where we find ourselves. And so that's why I'm focused, and that's where all of our Bible, Calvary, you know, Bible institutes are. They're in these regions, mm-hmm. and we're training up the nationals because mm-hmm. they know the language, they know the culture, they're accepted. Right. Where you and I go in there, and dude, we're just going to cause a riot. Yeah, of course. You know, and and so we're training them and sending them in. But this is what the church today needs to, to, to understand, is there are people that have never heard, and it's not the job of a missionary to reach them. It's the job of the church. The missionary is the tip of the spear. Yeah. But that's like saying the Great Commission, right? What did Jesus say? Of course, there's several Great Commissions. 
but and we went over them. Yeah, in, we in did. Yeah. But like, just okay, go make disciples of all nations. Right, go preach the gospel to every yep. creature and make disciples of all people. So that's that twofold. Like you said when we started, preaching the gospel mm. is cool, important, mm. but you got to disciple. Yep. I always tell our guys don't go, don't go to that unreached village and preach the gospel unless you got a guy that's going to plant a church. Yeah, exactly. You're going to do more damage than good. Yeah. But. We just see that's someone else's job. That's a pastor's job. That's an evangelist's job. That's a missionary's job. That's like saying Jesus gave the Great Commission to like 2% of the church. Yeah. And the rest, it's not ours. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's everyone. Yes. It's, it's everyone to and be it, a witness. Right. And we all have a part in from Jerusalem, right? This is Acts 1 8 to Judea, to married to the ends of the earth. We're not all called. I always mm-hmm. tell our, our church, listen, you're not all called to go to the ends of the earth, yeah. but we're all called to care. So I've, I've heard many stories, and probably you have too, where a guy, um, not a pastor, not even involved with the church, but a Christian that goes to church, knows the Bible, and he just poured into, would be discipleship, right. poured into a, a kid in the neighborhood. Right. Or, um, I, mean, my, I mean, just thinking off the top of the story, my grandfather was a missionary, but he was uh, came back and he was a, he was a teacher at at some point here, and there was a neighborhood kid and he was just witnessing to him and he was just he was pouring into him and my I mean, yeah like he was a rock hound so he'd be working on rocks and belt buckles and different things and yeah. kid would come over and he was just talking to him about Christ and that ended up leading this guy to the Lord he got married his wife was a Christian now his kids and he became an amazing artist but that was just discipleship preaching the gospel to this yeah. kid. He never left his house. It's just right here yeah. in Baldwin Park. Yeah, it's just love. You yeah. Know, these kids looking for but love. But people look, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. They read that yeah. verse, and they don't think, no, I can just do this to someone in my local neighborhood, right. a local neighbor, yeah. whoever whoever it be. Right. They think, like, oh, that's just for the, the missionaries yeah. or the pastors. And, but I would say that we need to, uh, as well, like because it, that's our Jerusalem, right? Yeah. But we are still called to the ends of the earth. Every Christian, not to move there, not even to go there, but to care. And Jesus said, you know, he said the harvest is plentiful. He's moved with compassion. He sees sheep without a shepherd. Yep. He says the harvest is plentiful, the end of Matthew chapter 9. The labors are few. Yep. Therefore, I would have said, turn to my disciples. So he's all moved with compassion. Go. Mm-hmm. He said, therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. I think education, caring, knowing, Reading statistics, understanding. I mean, and the reality, too, today is that the, that in the church, we're only sending 3% of our missionaries to the unreached. We're sending 97% to the reached. Really? Yeah. So we need to rethink that. Um, we're sending on every dollar given towards missions in the church, only one penny goes to the most needy people in the world, the unreached. Why is 99 that? 99 cents, because it's easier. Like you and I, we're in Peru. It's a rich country. Of course, there's tons of needs. You saw oh, it. Right, right. Right. It's not saying we shouldn't go there. No, we should, or it will become yeah, unreached. Yeah, yeah. But it's easier. Yeah. Whosoever's isn't going to do real well in some of the countries I'm in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get kicked out. We're going to just have to do it. It's hard. Yeah. There's persecution. Yeah. So, yeah. But we, we were thinking about we were thinking about going to Cuba, and it's that's a whole yeah, other situation. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I run a school. Um, it's a school of missions. We do it in Mexico. Over the summer, it's called Calvary School Missions, and it's really just to, it's six weeks, and it's to train American kids uh, to show them what missions is, what the Great Commission is. We get in the Word. We do all this. We do a bunch of outreach. 
we should come, you should come down there and we should partner together with yeah. our school and who's oh, yeah. in Mexico, like right there in Rosarito. Area. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. It'd be epic. So we Heck need to yeah. talk about that. And then after that, if they feel that call, we run a school at our church. It's called the, the uh, Missions Training School. And it's a one-year program. It's kind of like a, a Bible Institute yep. missions. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. what it's like. And so we're training and we're sending them. And I'm sending people to the most unreached places. Mm. So we're seeing God build up teams. Like this next generation that looks all messed up, Yep, God's saving them. Yep. He's bringing them and he's sending them. Mm-hmm. I've got a team, you know, of eight that are in the Middle East and learning language and ready to start a, a, a CBI there and train up the... Arabs and re, as we know that place needs yeah. Jesus big time. Yeah. You know, we've get that's what we've got, you know, in Asia. We're going to Japan, we're going to Indonesia. Yeah. Like just Japan too hard to uh, reach. It's one of the it's the it's the largest unreached people group. Really Japan. Not, not a, the largest unreached amount of people, yeah. but one people group, one language, one culture in the world. Wow. Yeah, the the countries we're working in South Asia are the largest amount of unreached people in the world. In one country, there's one billion unreached people. Really? Yeah, one billion. So what, what are they? Are they uh, Buddhist? Are they Hin- mainly Hindus? Hindu. Hindus, Muslims, yeah. but mainly the, the, the main religion is Hinduism. Hinduism. But Muslims taken over. Islam's taken over. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah it's, that, that Asia area. Yeah, oh, it's crazy and demonic. And this is what and I see. And demonic. Oh, so demonic. We call... Hinduism, organized demon worship. It's straight what up. It is. Yeah. That's what it is. It's organized, organized demon, demon worship. That's exactly what it is. Dude, that's and, nuts. and if you, you know, you come and, and know anything and one of your, you know, gals is coming with over there with oh, us yeah. and yeah, yeah, just, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy to see, you know, that uh, is, I mean, that's the flux demonic, but you know, I would, I would leave you, leave yeah. you with this is, um, is when I'm in these countries, in these unreached places, and I'm looking out, like I, maybe I go up on a hill early in the morning, I'm going to go have my Devo. Yeah. And you're just looking out in the hustle and the bustle and, the, and you know, there's this, the smells and they burn trash. And, you know, it's just like, and I just watch multitudes of people. And I'm like, none of them. I'm sitting here with my Bible seeking the Father in heaven, yeah. knowing God, and they, they don't know. know this is available. Yeah. How can we as a church hold that in? We should be pouring our resources, training up people, sending people. I'm not talking about humanitarian aid. I'm talking about churches being planted. I'm talking about planting Calvary chapels that are going to teach the Word of God in that indigenous culture, language, style, that we're going to reproduce ourselves and just watch a wildfire of the gospel and discipleship Mm. cover the planet. It is doable in our day. And the only way you're going to get this urgency and this passion that you have, obviously, is by reading and praying and really tuning into God and going, okay, God, what do you want to yeah. do? Because you don't get this passion like that you have right. and, and drive to want to do this or, you know, or want if you're not, if you're just a Sunday morning Christian, yep. to be honest. Yeah. Like if, you know, I call it a theological conviction. Mm-hmm. I know that's what it is for me. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm serious with the Lord, and serious with the Lord. If you're word, serious with the Lord. I got to deal with some scripture. Yeah. And it just tells me straight up, this yeah. is what you're called to do. Yeah. And again, I've never been a missionary. I'm not a missionary. I'm yeah. a senior pastor for 28 years in the same town that I was raised in. Yeah. Like I'm a homebody. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the call of God. And we all find our place. 
and let the Lord lead. But we got to be sharing the gospel starting right where we are. Right where we're at. Right? Exactly. And making disciples. And, and, and that, yes, and not to confuse anyone to think that um, just because you're born in America and you're around all these people that know about God. Right. Don't think that. Yeah. I, you know, I've said this story several times um, where I, I met uh, one of my friends. He was wearing a cross. He didn't even know that Jesus Christ died on the cross. Yeah. He just called it a, uh, a Jesus piece. Yeah. And that's what the rappers call it. Yeah. And he had no idea about Jesus hanging on the cross and dying for the sins yeah. of the world. So don't think just because you live in America, right. people are anti-God. They don't know yeah, who they don't. Jesus and I, is. And I've met guys. There was one guy was, who was sharing the gospel with um, that was totally unreached, never heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's an unreached people amongst yeah. us. And by the way, this whole refugee crisis, uh-huh. the last 10 years, yep. God has brought the unreached to us. Yeah. I always tell our church, we won't go to them. So God brought them to us. They're here. But we're also not reaching them. Mm-hmm. Do you know statistically that those come from the unreached countries of the world really? here to go to school, like college? Mm-hmm. Only 10% of them ever meet a Christian and hear the gospel. There's a window we're missing. So that's why we're on the college campuses every Thursday sharing the gospel and trying to get into the international that's where, that's community. That's where we're at. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we're going to have to do another show because the time is up, man. We've been having a good time on the show. Yeah. Um, thank you for, for being on here. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next Saturday night with another episode. Thank you very much. It was awesome, man. Love you, dude. Love you. Thank you. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.